You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited for today's episode. First off, actually, happy Halloween. That is where today's episode is originating from. Spooky things in the online space. It's because it's Halloween, so I wanted to match the vibe of Halloween with the vibe of this episode today. Before I jump in, though, you're probably asking yourself, and you're actually probably not asking yourself this, <laughs> but I was asking myself this before I started this episode. I was like, where did Halloween even originate from? Like, why do we celebrate it? Where did it come from? So according to history.com, again, you're probably not asking yourself this question. I was asking it, though, so that's why I'm sharing it. According to history.com, the tradition originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Sam Han when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Sam Han. The evening before was known as All Hallows' Eve and later Halloween. So over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festival gatherings, eating treats, so on and so forth. So that is your history lesson for today. And the second thing that I was wondering, also around the topic of Halloween, also something you were probably not wondering, but I'm going to tell you anyways, is in the United States, where does Halloween rank in terms of popularity amongst other holidays? Well, before I tell you what, where it ranks, and I have this pulled up right in front of my face right now, this is from Statista, which is a super super credible site. I actually don't know if it is or not. Um, I'm assuming that, I don't know. It's probably fine. It's a .com. So who who really knows? Honestly, (laughs) who really knows with anything on the internet these days? So anyways, take this with a grain of salt. Maybe it's not that accurate. But according to this, based off of a 2023 study, Thanksgiving ranks number one as the most popular national holiday in the United States, which is kind of wild to me. Then it goes Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Christmas, and Mother's Day, with Memorial Day, Veterans Day, and Christmas all ranking actually technically all tied for second. So we're talking like percentages here, and I actually don't even know what these percentages even really mean, but it says Thanksgiving's 82%, and then those three that I just listed are at 77%, and then Mother's Day is 76%. So Anyways, those are your top five, but where does Halloween rank? It actually ranks 11th, which is really surprising to me. I thought that Halloween for sure would rank top five, and I knew that Thanksgiving would probably rank top two, but I didn't think that it would rank above Christmas, and I also didn't think that Memorial Day and Veterans Day would rank above Christmas too, so that was mind-blowing. Again, in case you're wondering, which I know you're not, but now you have all these history lessons, and you can go out and tell all of your friends and tell them all the, you know, the background of Halloween and what it ranks in the United States, and they're going to be so impressed by you. So with all that being said, let's dive into today's episode, which I, again, wanted to tie into Halloween. So we're talking all things spooky in the online industry. Disclaimer here, these are my opinions. I'm not calling anyone out, but I do disagree with these things, and I'll show you why, and you're probably going to disagree with a lot of them too, but I would be curious to know. Let me know. Direct message me after you listen to this episode. 
What are some spooky things that you see in the online industry? Some things that you disagree with? I would love to know. Shoot me a direct message. But to kick things off, spooky number one, people saying that they are multi six figure business owners when they haven't made that amount in a one year span. So they're saying that as a career total versus in a one year span. Now, I just have to say, that's amazing. If you've done, if you've made multi six figures since the beginning of your business, huge celebration. I am celebrating you so, so, so much. That is so amazing. I'm not trying to downplay that in any way, shape, or form. That being said, my personal belief is like, don't claim multi six figures. Don't claim seven figures. Don't claim multi seven figures unless you do that in a one year time span. So I'm talking like January 1st to December 31st. I think there's 31 days in December. So within a one year time span, that's what I'm going to personally claim. And that's why you don't see me saying seven figure business owner. Technically, I've made a million dollars in my business. Um, and I've been pretty dang close to actually making a million dollars within a one year time span. It was a year and a half, but I'm not going to claim that. You won't see me claim that. And this is just a personal belief of mine. But the reason why I say this though, is because people in their bios on Instagram and just in general in the online space, I don't think there's a lot of transparency around this. And it does make a big difference. Like making multi six figures in one year versus making multi six figures over a five year time span, that's a big difference. And I'm not, again, trying to downplay that amount of money. It's still successful and 100% it is, but there's a big difference there. And so I just think that there needs to be more transparency. Anytime that I talk about making multi six figures, it's within a one year time span. So in my business, I made multi six figures, you know, from January to December 31st. When you see me say seven figure business owner, it's because I've made that amount of money from January to December. So again, that's just a personal thing, but I also do think that transparency wise, just in the online industry in general, I do think that we could be a little bit more transparent as business owners around what that actually means. I would say that probably most people are talking about it from like a January to a December timeframe, but I have actually 100% talked with people who they would share their numbers with me and they don't make that amount of money within a one-year time span, but they still have in their bio that they're like a seven-figure business owner. Again, still a major accomplishment. Please, please, please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay that, but it's a different story within a five-year time span or a three-year time span than a one-year time span. Spooky number two, people saying that you have to invest in coaching to be successful. Anytime someone says that you have to do X, Y, Z to be successful, red flag, red flag, spooky. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I, I'm just like, anytime someone forces me, okay, then no one's forcing me to do anything, right? But like, anytime someone says I have to do something, I'm like, immediately, I'm going to do the opposite of that and prove you wrong. <laughs> okay, not really. But like, that's just like such my personality. I'm like, you're trying to box me in. And so therefore, I'm going to do something totally different. The reason why I brought this up here is because I see a lot of people who do have coaching and not just coaching. I will say that this applies for really any other offer out there. Like if you have a course, like I see this marketed so often where it's like, and it's not said in this exact way where it's like, you have to invest in one-on-one coaching to be successful. Like it's not positioned in that exact way. Like those are not the exact words that they use, but the way that it's marketed, basically it ends up being that. And so that to me is like, mm -mm. like you can't have that type of like, Basically, it's fear-based marketing, right? Because someone's going to look at that and they're going to say, oh, I have to do this to be successful. If I don't do this, then I probably won't be successful, right? And I just, I'm just going to say in general, that's the wrong way to go about things. That's just not my, that's not just my opinion. That's just, 
just don't do it. Just don't do it. Okay. (laughs) Spooky number three, people not paying their bills, even though they committed to the investment. This is spooky because just don't sign up for it if you can't pay for it. Now, I understand that life happens, that things come up. If that's the case, reach out to the business owner. Nine out of 10 times, if not 10 out of 10 times, are going to be so able to work with you and so willing to work with you and work out a plan that, you know, either you pause payments for X amount of time or maybe you have an extended payment plan option, like whatever it is, like majority of business owners are going to say, hey, let me work with you. But don't just leave us hanging like because we don't know. Like when we see a failed payment email come through, we're like, oh, crap, this sucks. I'm losing out on money. Like we're not necessarily like we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And if it's just like, you know, you need to update your credit card or your debit card information, do it. Right. But like also, if it is something that happened in life, like let us know. Okay. Okay. Spooky number four. And this spooky, I will say, this spooky is what started the spooky of all spookies. (laughs) This is what started the spooky episode and gave me the idea to dive into all the things that I think are spooky in the online industry. This is actually probably the spookiest thing, in my opinion, that happens. And this legit happens in the online industry. And it kind of scares me. People who use value-based pricing. Now, this is legit. I'm not making this up. There are people who literally do this, okay? What is value-based pricing? Because probably a lot of you haven't heard of this. Let me give you an example, actually, because this is going to be way easier to understand when I give you an example. Okay, let's just say that you and I, we applied for a program. So we filled out an application, right? We applied for this program and they obviously take it on an application basis. Uh, And inside this application, we have to fill out one of the questions that says, you know, what is your income level? And let's just say that I filled it out and I'm like, my income level is $10,000 a month. And you filled it out and you said, my income level is $100,000 a month. Now, with the business owner who uses value-based pricing, so the person who's going to decide whether or not we're going to get into this program and also let us into this program, like the mentor, the host of this program, right? The business owner, they are going to look at this form and they're going to say, I make $10,000 so I can join this program for $12,000 pay in full. But you, you make $100,000. So you need like your pricing to join this program is $25,000 pay in full. Now, all this is happening behind the scenes. So you and I, we don't know that we paid different prices, right? Unless we were to talk about it and maybe it got brought up in some conversation randomly down the road, like we wouldn't know because it's all happening behind the scenes. But again, it's like we're inquiring for the same exact thing, but because you make more money than me, your like the cost of the offer is now higher for you. Isn't that freaking wild? Freaking so wild that that happens. So spooky, so spooky. Value-based pricing, okay? Number five, spooky. People who share that they've unlocked a new level as a way to sell their offer. They literally, this is what they say. I've unlocked a new level. And then they'll say uh, something along the lines of like, I'm raising my prices soon, so make sure you get inside or something's coming soon, so make sure to do X, Y, Z. So they're utilizing I've unlocked a new level as a way to create urgency for you to get inside something, but there's no transparency around what the heck does I've unlocked a new level even mean? The people that I've seen do this, no one talks about it. Like, they're not like, I've unlocked a new level and this is what it means. Like, it's just like, I've unlocked a new level. It's like, okay, like, what it, cool. What, what are we talking about here? <laughs> so 
I just think, like, again, transparency, like, don't utilize this urgency technique without transparency behind it. Number six, people use clickbait hooks that are misleading just to grow on social media. Pretty self-explanatory here. I just think it's spooky. Like, just don't do it. Number seven, people who talk about passive income, like, it's a create it once and then leave it and never touch it again type of offer. And I would also tie in here too, like anytime someone markets something or says it in this way where they're like, you have to do very little work to get X amount of return, like the return is going to be a lot greater or even like you can kind of set it and forget it. Red flag, in my opinion, just because that's just not how things work. Like unless we're talking about like maybe the stock market, that's like pretty much the only thing that I can think of where you might actually be able to get like total passive income once it's set up. But outside of that, like anything else, like real estate courses, like funnels, nothing is ever set it and then forget it. And there's no work after that, which leads me really well into number eight, which is MRR, Master Resale Rights. Go listen to the episode on Master Resale Rights. It's like a few episodes back if you want to dive deeper into that. I'm just going to leave that as it is. But again, ties so well into people claiming that it's going to be easy and that you're going to make a lot of money. Spooky. Number nine, people who don't use contracts in terms of use when selling their offers. Yes, I said I wasn't going to call anyone out, but if you're listening to this and you're a business owner and you're not utilizing those things, I'm calling you out. Um, (laughs) Just because it is so important as a business owner to have those things set in place. It protects you. Just do it. Put that at the top of your to-do list this week. Set up contracts in terms of use for your offers if you don't already have those things. And also, if you haven't filed your like for an official business like an LLC or S-Corp or anything like that, do that as well. Those things are so important. Number 10, and finally, in terms of our spookies here, people who dispute payments instead of just talking to the business owner. (sighs) The thing I'll I'll say here is how many issues in our world (laughs) and in business would be cleared up if we just had a conversation with one another? So many. So, so many, in my opinion. And that's what I have to say about disputed payments. Disputed payments, I I mean, I could have an entire probably four-hour episode just talking about disputed payments from... The consumer perspective, I understand a lot of times where these are coming from, but I also kind of don't see where they're coming from too at the same exact time because if the consumer had just gone to the business owner, the business owner would have worked things out. And again, nine out of 10 times, if not 10 out of 10 times, the business owner is going to, you know, refund you. They're going to, you know, give you something for free. They're going to want, they're going to want to make things right. Whatever it is that this potential dispute is going to be about, like the business owner is going to want to make things right. Just have a conversation. Just have a conversation. Reach out to the business owner. Oftentimes as business owners, it does come as a shock when there are these disputed payments. Um, I get disputed payments oftentimes because people like didn't get Uh, delivered the offer that they purchased. So like, for example, if you purchase like the ultimate guide to Instagram, it's delivered via email. And so you don't like log into your Kajabi portal or anything like that. It's just delivered via email. And that's very clear on the checkout page. But if you like, if the email goes to spam or for whatever reason, like if my tech isn't working and the email just doesn't deliver, 
then you might not get the offer. And it's not because I like I'm trying to rip you off or anything, um, but it's just because there are tech issues. Um, and so like, just come talk to me. Like, I want to make it better. And like, I'm going to give you access to that thing, like probably within hours of you messaging me. And then we don't have to go through this entire disputed payment thing, right? Again, it's like how many conversations or how many issues in our world could be solved by just having conversations? A lot of things. So that is it for today's episode. Again, I want to hear your spookies though. Please tell me what you see online in the online space that you think is spooky. Shoot me a direct message and happy Halloween. If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.